This week's podcast brought to you by Chance the Clapper. On one of my flights over the course of the past couple of weeks covering the playoffs, Ryan Rucco, my play-by-play partner, and I were going from Phoenix to Chicago. We got on the plane. We weren't seated together, but we asked somebody to switch seats so that the two of us, two of us could sit next to one another. We talked the whole way from Phoenix to Chicago. And when we landed, Ryan said to the woman, thank you again for switching seats with us. And she said, no problem. I'm so glad you got to sit with your wife. Welcome home. Thanks. Uh, Yesterday, last night, you told me that eight days ago, you had driven from Las Vegas to Phoenix. Later, you flew from Phoenix to Hartford. Hartford, you drove to Newark at 2.45 in the morning. I think there was an alarm. Flew from Newark to Phoenix. Later, you flew from Phoenix to Chicago. On this past Saturday, our daughter's birthday, you flew from Chicago to Hartford through Detroit and then flew from Hartford back to Chicago on the same day. And then uh, you flew from Chicago to Hartford again through Detroit after the Sky uh, won the WNBA Finals. That was your last eight days? Yeah, I didn't go through Detroit on my return, though. I, I, I added a Detroit? You, you added a leg through Detroit. Are you sure? I don't need you to add a leg. How, how when do you there's know? already, it's like a centipede, my travel in the last 10 days. How do you know? Well, because I just heard it. No, but how do you know you didn't fly through Detroit? Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe we did. <laughs> maybe we did. A- anyway, you came back smelling of airplane seat and, what, desperation? I think that's what no, we that's say when annually. you travel, you come back smelling of those things. I just smelled like my normal. I, I come back smelling self. of airplane seat by Calvin Klein. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of travel. The, the, what, what was your favorite bit? Was it was it the the two forty five a.m. Uh, yeah, my the, favorite piece of that. Actually, the whole reason we drove, Ryan Rucco, our play by play person, and I drove. The Las Vegas series ended. Las Vegas series ended. And if Las Vegas had beaten Phoenix, it was a really close game, came down to the end. If Vegas had won, we would have stayed there, had a day off in Vegas and called a game there the next day. But that's not what happened. Phoenix won. And so we had a day to get to Phoenix. And This is when Southwest was canceling thousands of flights, many of them out of Phoenix, into and out of Phoenix. Yeah, right around that time. And, And most of the flights were on little planes from Vegas to Phoenix. And there was just, because we were booking so late in the game, all the desirable seats were gone. There was just like middle seats on small planes. And so Ryan said to me, he said, would you have, it's a four and a half hour drive. Would you want to do a road trip? I said, great, let's do a road trip. So we, we, that's what we did. He and I drove. It's a beautiful drive, actually. It's spectacular. At one point, we're driving like through the desert of Vegas. And he says, is that a body of water out in the distance? I'm like, oh, you're going to say, is that a body? <laughs> no, that was later in the drive. I'm like, is that? Is that a body of water? And you're looking and driving, and before you can get to it, because it's still pretty far away, you just see a sign for the Hoover Dam. So, yes, that's a body of water. I thought you were going to say it was a mirage, like in Roadrunner right, cartoons. Right. So it, 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 was, a, it was a beautiful drive um, for a lot of it, but just very, very different than any drive, you know, any time we've gone anywhere on the pr- East Coast. Pr- primarily brothels. Gun ranges and alien landing sites? Yeah. What was interesting, there were a lot of, um, I don't know if it was gun or ammunition places, last chance, like when you'd get near the border. And I don't know how different the gun laws are in Arizona than they are in Nevada, but last chance, like better get all your ammo here. And Nevada. Uh, yeah. I think, no, not Nevada. They say Nevada. Oh, Nevada. I believe so. Um, so did that and then flew home because there was a couple of days between the Phoenix games. 
And as I'm getting ready to go back to Phoenix, so I'm going to fly there that night and the next day, next night, there's a game two of the finals is in Phoenix. And I'm looking in my, and you can't get from here, Hartford to Phoenix on a, you know, a nonstop flight. So I'm supposed to go through Detroit and I, I'm, I get a notification. My flight's a little bit delayed. I'm like, all right, I had an hour layover. I'll still make it. No problem. Then a little more delayed and a little more delayed until I realize I want to miss my connection from Detroit to Phoenix. Like, okay, no problem. Spend the night in Detroit. The next morning, I'm halfway there, sort of. I'll fly to to Phoenix. Well, all the flights are sold out because, again, this is when Southwest is having all of its issues. I'm not flying Southwest, but it's impacting the other airlines. So continue to look. So then I call our travel department. I said, what can I do? Is there another airline I can go on? Nope, there's nothing. What if I get to Chicago tonight, tomorrow morning? What do I do? So what we, after looking at every possibility, the option was to fly to Detroit, spend the night in Detroit, wake up, fly Detroit to Houston, Houston to Tucson, and then drive a couple of hours to Phoenix because the, the, since all the morning flights were sold out, she's like, Oh, this is, here we go. This one will get you in at five 30. I said, yeah, the game's at six. I can't get there at five. But you don't, you, you don't end up doing any of this. No. So, sorry. I'm boring you with no, all you're the, not the things me. I could, that no, could no, have no. happened. So finally I said, look at, look at the boss, look at, at Logan airport out of Boston. Nothing I'm like New York airports, any of the New York airports. So she looks and she said, there's one f- seat left direct flight from Newark New Jersey tomorrow morning that gets you in. I think it got me in at like 9.45 a.m., which was perfect because then I could still go to the team shoot-arounds and stuff, which is what we typically do in the morning. We go and and watch them practice before going to the game. So the flight was at like 7 a.m. But then I have to get there. So I set my alarm for 2.45 a.m. And at 3 a.m., thankfully ESPN was willing to get me a car service, 3 a.m., there's a guy waiting in our driveway. And um, I was a little surprised. It wasn't a car service that was based in Connecticut. It was based in New York. So he had left New York at midnight. So one of my first questions to him was, is this the start to your day or the end to your day? Because how alert do I need to be on this drive? It was this start to his day. Um, but as I get in, I was really excited when he said, um, when he held up his vaccination card and said, I just can't, it's too long of a ride for me to wear a mask. So I sat in the back with my mask on, with my window half down, and uh, for this two-hour, 45-minute drive to Newark, New Jersey, caught my flight, made it to Phoenix, went to practice, and uh, and the rest was, was great. And then, yes, and then I had the rest of those those lovely flights. But that, that one was a little scary because that's the first time I've ever been worried that I might not be able to make it to the city or town to call the game. I've never been worried like that before that I wasn't going to get there. Some people covering it, I know, couldn't make it into Phoenix because of the Southwest cancellations. But uh, you said the alarm went off at 245. Actually, the dog started barking at 245 when the car service pulled into the driveway. Yes. I know because I woke up then and never went back to sleep. Yeah, you weren't able to go back to sleep either. It was, um, I'm sure that was a delightful day for both of us, but at least I got to call a fun game at the end of the day. You were just like driving the kids all around, but. I'm back. I'm back. After all of that travel with, you know, in an eight-day span. Did you meet any interesting characters along the way? 
I did meet a, a couple interesting characters. Um, the most interesting may have been, and this is um, where we could insert it once we get it, the theme song for Traveling Violations. The very last leg of all of those legs was when I was coming home. So we called the game on Sunday, game four. It's incredible. The, the, the fans in Chicago were amazing. It was a close game. The place was going nuts. Later that night, I fly home. I get on my plane, direct flight from Chicago to back to Hartford. Guy sitting next to me. And uh, he ordered when, when the right, I don't remember. I think it must have been right after we took off. And he ordered a double shot of whiskey. And, um, and I forget what his non-alcohol beverage was. So anyway, the flight attendants bring him two little nips bottles of whiskey. And then maybe, say, a Coke. And, uh... Not too long after that, he rings the flight attendant call button. It's at night, so it's dark. Bing! She comes back, and he said, Oh, yeah, can I have another double? Okay, so she brings him two things of whiskey and whatever the the chaser was. And as we're like, this is a two-hour flight? As we're getting ready to land, but not quite, he, he asks, he said, Can I get another double? And she said, well, we're out of that kind of whiskey. Like he had depleted the Thanks entire supply of whiskey. And he's like, you have anything? And she said, yeah. And she said, are you driving? And um, he said, no. I mean, who he knows said, if he was telling the truth or not. I'm, I'm the backup pilot. Yeah, right. He's this young dude. And so she brings him two more. And I was just sitting there because like, that's a really short amount of time to have that much. Like it was essentially six shots of whiskey on our flight. And so when it was time to get off the plane and I stand up and I'm getting my bag, I'm just thinking, I just need to get away from this guy. Because if he hurls, I just don't want him to hurl on me. It's midnight. I'm finally coming home, um, smelling of, would you say, desperation in airplane seats. Um, I didn't also want to smell of someone else's hurl. So, uh, so that was good. I actually have some more interesting people as I check my notes over the course of the last two weeks that I sat next to. By the way, plane. when the guy ordered a double shot, I, I in my head now is double shot of my baby's love by the Swingin' Medallions, 1966. I had to look up the uh, the artist and the year, but I think you know the tune. Oh, absolutely know the tune. Um, Bruce has covered it. Yes, so. he has. When, uh, so this whole thing started when, in terms of my travel, when... Um, Connecticut lost in game four to Chicago. Chicago beat Connecticut in game four. So we did the game five in Vegas. And so I flew directly from Chicago to Vegas and um, flew on Southwest because that was another one. It was really hard somehow. It was really hard to get from Chicago to Vegas. Even though there's a ton of flights there, most of them were sold out. So I'm in line and I see just a bunch of like sporty looking people waiting to board the Southwest flight. I realized later um, the Bears are also playing the Raiders that weekend. So our flight, it felt like it was full of, um, of Bears fans. And uh, anyway, sat down in the emergency row seat. A guy was already seated. A big, like, big burly-ish guy was seated in the window seat. And I come and sit down in the, um, in the aisle. And he's wearing like a do-rag on his head with a, um, with a fedora over it. He's got his mask is pretty big and then he's got sunglasses on so you can barely see any of his face and uh so we i just sit down and it, we don't say anything and after a little bit he just said to me um 
he said, I look like this on purpose. I'm trying to get people to not sit in the middle seat. And he said, um, you need to work on it because right now you, uh, your, uh, your eyes are kind of smiling and inviting people to come sit, <laughs> sit here. He said that to you? Yeah. Like your your face is looking too friendly, like like it's time to work on that. The flight was completely full. We were going to have somebody sit there anyway. Um, and I would say he's about 6'6". Six, six. And uh, anyway, we ended up getting into a conversation. He he played football when he was in college and um, he he's married. And he told me, he said that his wife was expecting their first child. We hadn't even introduced ourselves yet. And um, and then he said he's like, but nobody knows that yet. Not even our families. Um, and they were like they were. I think his wife was 12 weeks pregnant, but they've had other pregnancies that that didn't get past that point. So anyway, he's like, so he's like, don't say anything. I said, well, who am I going to tell other than all of our podcast listeners? Um, so anyway, ended up being another big guy who sat in between us. And the guy on the window said to him, he's like, oh, we were trying to like find a little tiny petite person <laughs> to sit there. Um, but I thought like, it's interesting, like a complete stranger, you strike up a conversation with him and he tells you something like that his wife is pregnant with their first child. Wouldn't you rather not know the intimate secrets of perfect strangers? Actually, I, it, it was, he, I was enjoying my conversation um, with this guy. But uh, did, at the end of the flight, did he did he take off his costume and reveal himself to be? No, he never took off his costume. Did he reveal? No, I didn't know. But like he revealed himself to be, uh, I don't know. No, but midway through, he revealed himself to be a, a sports fan that included the WNBA because he he um, he had asked me why I wasn't why I was in Chicago and I told him I work you know I was calling WNBA game. He's like, oh, are you and you're going to call the. The Vegas game, he's like, that game four was really good. Like, he was <clears throat> he was aware of what was going on. But uh, but when a little bit into the flight, or I guess before the flight takes off, the flight attendant comes by because we're in the emergency row, and just she just says, you know, is everyone willing and able to assist in case of emergency? And you have to give a verbal yes. You can't just nod your head. You, you have to give a verbal yes. And, um, and this guy in the window said, he's like, man, I've been sitting in these aisles sometime. <laughs> in the emergency row he's like and there's like a old lady you know sitting there and she'll say yes and um he's like i just think if something goes down what is grandmama gonna do i mean i love you grandmama but <laughs> and i was like you know that's fair it, i i did appreciate that we had like sitting between me and the emergency door were two big strong former football players in the event of a water landing grandmama can be used as a flotation device. <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky, I suppose so. The um, the other thing when we were flying to Vegas that I thought was kind of funny, I um, I looked across the aisle and I see this guy, um, and he's got on his iPad and he's watching a movie, and um, of course, what was he watching as we're driving to Vegas? I'm sorry, as we're flying to Vegas, what do you think this guy was watching? Either Airport Seventy Seven. Or the mo- the Twilight Zone movie where there's the monster on the airplane wing. No, no, no. He, he's l- he's Sully. a little younger. Sully Sullenberger. Little young- no, we're going to Vegas. Oh, Vegas is the clue. Vegas. He's watching. Vegas is the clue. He's either here. watching Casino. Oh, he's watching The Hangover. He's watching The Hangover. So he's watching The Hangover, and I'm just thinking, oh, is this like, is he designing his blueprint for his weekend in Vegas, or what exactly is uh, is going on here? But I thought that was kind of perfect to. Uh, to see somebody watching that on their way. 
Well, I filled you in on all the exciting parts of the WNBA playoffs, which was my ridiculous travel. How about the WNBA playoffs? They were amazing. They were phenomenal. I mean, there were some stinkers, like Phoenix's 27-point win over Vegas and Vegas's 26-point win over Phoenix. And then and, Chicago have a... Yeah, game game... Game one of the finals wasn't great because Phoenix was a little tired. Game three, Chicago just destroyed Phoenix. Largest margin of victory um, ever in a finals game. I think it was like 36. But game two goes in overtime. Game four was phenomenal. It was really cool, too, because Chicago, um, they play in Wintrust Arena now, which is a beautiful new arena. They've been playing there, I think, for... Obviously not last year, so this might be the, their um, second or third year there. But you, bef- you, you broadcast the game from the concourse there this, this yeah, past summer? Yeah, and, but previous years they played in the Rosemont Pavilion, which is outright near O'Hare, which is the only good thing about it. That it was place, the Rosemont Horizon when I— uh, Oh, Rosemont Horizon, that's right, the Rosemont Horizon. It was— um, it was a dive. There weren't many fans who would come. Those were like Chicago was okay. They made it to the finals and were swept in 2014, but there were a lot of years they weren't particularly good. Elena Deladon forced a trade out of Chicago. Sylvia Fowles forced a trade out of Chicago. It's they just weren't very exciting and drew nobody. And it was interesting because we were talking to their coach James Wade um, during the finals, and he said, you know, this is it's like this was the place that was. It's like the Chicago sky where you didn't really play in Chicago. He said, and there'd be 600 fans there and they would say there's 2,500. Like that's what the Chicago sky were known for. So fast forward to now there. Well, first of all, Candace Parker. Choosing, I like to think, I like to think of their mascot at the time as a guy named Drew Nobody. <laughs> it would have been pretty, uh, pretty accurate. So that's why it was a really big deal this offseason that Candace Parker chose to go there. Like after all these years where superstars were fighting their and enforcing their way out of Chicago, finally this big name superstar wants to go there and go back home. Finish the season 16 and 16. They're a um, five seed, I think. Um, no, they were a six seed. Or were they the seven seed? Anyway, six seed, I think. Um. They come alive in the playoffs, you know, the end of the season playing well. So any, so when we get to Chicago in the finals, first of all, we're in Phoenix, and we have already heard that games one and two in Chicago are completely sold out. The markup value um, on the secondary market, it was like one of the hardest tickets to get in Chicago. And the crowd was incredible. It was incredible. So they win the championship after game four, and nobody would leave. So Holly Rowe is doing, you know, the interviews on the court that are being broadcast in the arena. Not a person has left. They're just standing and celebrating and, and partying. Chance the Rapper's there. He's hanging out. He, you're um, 10,000 cutaway shots of him yeah, cheering. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I offered you a cash bounty if you would call him Chance the Clapper. Yeah, I never did. And you never I? did. It was an incredible environment. It was a great game. It was a blast. And it was just fun to see how far a franchise um, can come. You know, you invest a little bit in it. You you play in a better building. You have good players and players who have been there a long time, like Courtney Vandersloot and Allie Quigley were, were there in 2014 when they lost and, you know, continued their commitment to the franchise and to the city. And um, that part of it was was really, really cool. And then What's hard now, and Ryan and I were talking about this a little bit, and I remember feeling this way, not last year, but the year before, 
going right from watching like WNBA playoffs and finals and this elite level basketball to like an NBA preseason game. Ryan's calling, I think, an NBA preseason game this week. And it's terrible in comparison. And even um, next month, I'll start calling women's college basketball. And they're at the beginning of their season and they're not pros. And the quality of the play on the court is just so different from this elite level of play that we get to see um, in the WNBA playoffs and finals. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun to cover. I really, really enjoyed myself. I was kind of laughing when um, one day I was on the a walk with Ryan and Holly around Lake Michigan. And, um, it's a long walk. Well, not around the whole thing, but around part of it. And uh, and Ryan, you know, he, he's got a five-and-a-half-week-old daughter at home. And, um, you know, so while I'm gone, he's also – this is the biggest stretch of time, of course, that he's been gone since his baby's been born. And um, one night he had he had been out to a, a nice dinner. And I asked him, I said, so did you tell your wife about the nice dinner or not tell her? And he said, well, I told her, but maybe didn't get into all the details. And it just made me think, and I told him the story about years ago – covering an Atlanta dream game and they we were staying at the Ritz we don't stay at places like that anymore but back in the day um, they used to put us at these like spectacular hotels and uh, I remember staying at the Ritz and talking to you about the concierge level at the Ritz and I remember you were like hold on a second when we were on a phone call and our kids were younger and, and, and you said I just picked up a turd that fell out of one of the kids diapers <laughs> he's like and you're like but yeah you keep telling me about the concierge level I- at the Ritz. I think while you were calling from the Ritz, I was eating a Ritz for dinner. <laughs> it could have been. So you, were, I, you were dining in the Ritz. I was dining on a Ritz. I told Ryan, I said, just keep that story in mind. I learned soon after that when uh, when I was gone and Steve was dealing with the um, the absurdity of home I, that I, maybe leave out some of the details. <laughs> you were dining at the Ritz while I was picking up. <laughs> the <laughs> Right. Exactly. But we held down the fort here. The fort held us down, to be perfectly honest. But um, but it's over, and we move on. I'm like Bill Belichick. That's it. It's we're been, on, like, we're it's on to been next two week. weeks, and uh, that's the you know nothing more than that from the. Well, uh, blessedly, I had 100% hearing loss in my left ear while you were gone. Right. And about 50% hearing loss in my right ear. Wouldn't you rather have the hearing loss while I'm home? Well, or as long as the kids are here, it doesn't. I mean, job. I mean, in a perfect world, I would have lost my hearing while all of you were here. <laughs> you got it taken care of today. Hearing's back. Uh, hearing's back. Good to go. And um, the kids survived. I, I got into the car, and uh, it was a Mel Torme singing "It's a Wonderful." And and uh, you know, I, I I will not take my hearing for granted again, at least until like tomorrow. Right. But it was it was a beautiful world of, of hearing again. I uh, it was nice to be back. I've I, I flew home for just a few hours on Saturday because it was our daughter's our youngest's eleventh birthday, and it and um, it, <laughs> it's funny how you you see things through different lenses because it was really important for me to get home, even if it was just going to be a little while, which it was to have cake with her and watch her open her presents and just to give her a squeeze on her birthday and um and and got to watch her team play in a soccer game and um and when she said to me one of her first things was um you know even though you're only here for half my birthday or even though you're only here for six hours and it's just like this shot to the heart and I said I had to say to her I said listen 
you know, it, it took a lot of work for me to get here. I wouldn't have missed it for the world. I'm, sh- I'm sorry it's only half the day and only six hours. But uh, the beauty was when you on your way to the airport, you dropped her off at somebody else's birthday party. Yeah, somebody else's birthday party. Yeah, because their parent was home and could throw a party for them. Meanwhile, I wasn't and had to drop her off at somebody else's birthday party. But um, but at least got to get here and uh, and spend some time with her. Well, we've got a, a, a double backlog of viewer mail. Shall we get to it? Yeah, we shall. Big bad book, throw our lure. Reel us in with your viewer mail. Double shot of my of our baby's love here. But Ready? Not a double shot of whiskey on the flight from Chicago. Uh, but that's what got us there. What got you where? That's what got you to thinking about the double shot of my baby love. Do you remember that? Double shot of my baby love? Whatever it is. Uh, yes, the Swingin' Medallions, by the way. Is that a great band name? Oh, that's a great band name, yes. Although uh, uh, people were tweeting at me that um, during the baseball plays, I've been falling asleep in like the sixth inning of tie games because these games go to 1 a.m. and I'm fried. I'm not stand up for that. Mm-hmm. It'll be on. It'll make all the news uh, in the morning. But then you wake up with the TV on at 4 o'clock in the morning, and, and at 4 o'clock in the morning on Fox the other night, which was what the game was on, was uh, 4.35 on our local cable was Larry King's Prostate Report. That Larry was the name King's, of the show. Was he that was the name of the infomercial. prostate or other people's prostrates or just prostrates in general? Not a prostrate, a prostate. Prost, sorry, his prostate or others? Larry prostate. is now prostrate. <laughs> oh. But, um, but people were saying it would be a great dad band name, Larry King's Prostate <laughs> Report. It would be. Kind of like weather report. All right. Uh, Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes uh, Chris, our, our resident something or other in Connecticut. First, allow me to wish Rebecca and your son a very happy birthday. I believe it is today as I am sending this. So this is from October the 6th. Yes. Secondly, please let me apologize for my most recent email. I'm sorry about the garbled nature as it was written at 11 p.m. as I was arriving home from a long day. I come in, Steve, on getting the gist of it. (laughs) And I hope you're both now using the olive oil cap for a tablespoon quick measure. Third, I was curious if the local statue exhibit is up again this year. Will you be taking your youngest, Rebecca? Oh, the uh, the exhibition. Oh, I wish. She and I were just talking about that the other day because the first year that we had the statue exhibit was three years ago because it came up in my photo, um, my photo memories or whatever. There were so. various poses of people in, in everyday were activities. What, what, what were I don't know, but the, there were people, you know, kind of out of a lost 1940s or something phenomenal. where somebody would be st- waiting at a bus stop reading a newspaper in a fedora. Placed all over the town of Simsbury, Connecticut, and we would go and see a couple of them each day. Um, but no, they're not there now. Maybe, maybe we'll get them back in well, the spring or next Chris year. Chris mentions it because his hometown is doing a town-wide scarecrow exhibit for the second year, and we are in-state for you. The scarecrows will be up until the end of October. They're quite creatively and whimsically made by both residents and businesses in town. So This is fantastic. Yeah. Fourth, I'm happy that Holly's new gig with the jazz doesn't break up the band. It would be a shame if the Cobalt Blazers had to end their collaborative careers. The Cobalt Blazers, that's another great band name. That would be, yes. Uh, but Holly was with you in, in Chicago and she Phoenix. Was. And the day I sneaked home for, for our daughter's birthday, she s- did not sneak to Oklahoma City to call an Oklahoma football game that night to fly back in the following morning to call game four. She's ridiculous. And, and, and smelling of airplane seat by any no, chance? No, she always smells lovely. Finally, I'm curious, the spreadsheet of residents 
has been posted, Rebecca. I can't wait to see it, Rebecca. Oh, I haven't posted it. Oh. It will be. It will be. Have faith in me. I'm going to get it done. Roger writes, uh, Roger, our waving Colorado cyclist, writes, Dear Ball and Chain Crew, I was catching up with some podcasts that were missed due to vacationing and listening to cycling podcasts for the world's and Paris Rubai, I hope I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, when I found even more proof the apocalypse is upon us. I was nearly screaming at, well, the road, I guess, as I was riding along when the discussion of wet versus dry measuring occurred. I had this discussion decades ago with an ex who was from Rebecca's side of the track on this when I actually pulled out a Pyrex measuring cup and my dry measure scoops to prove to her that one cup is one cup no matter which one you use as long as you measure things right. The reason for the difference is the dry measure cups are designed so you can easily level off the measure. Uh, which I almost never do when making pancakes, yada, yada, yada. So uh, I think we've established that, Rebecca, right? Yes. Hopefully this was just but a one-off. I'm glad he could relate in an argument with an ex. Well, more importantly, Roger writes, hopefully this was just a one-off, and I will never necessarily agree with Steve again. But alas, even a stopped clock is right once a day. All my watches and clocks are set to 24 hours if I can. On a lighter note, I agreed with you both on the top 25 discussion. The same can be said for baseball, football, and so many other sports. We too easily forget those who came before the current stars. Does anyone really believe that Bob Gibson and Sandy Koufax were not two of the top pitchers in all of baseball history? But how often do they get mentioned today? How about some of the great football players of the 50s and 60s? But we, I mean, there was not a better fullback than Jim Brown, right? I mean, there was, there's not a better... Uh, left-handed pitcher than Sandy Koufax. But we must realize those lists are done for one reason, to get attention, and the more controversy they get going, the better for the publishers of the lists. I would also say that uh, the younger the person compiling the list, the more recent the goats will be on that list, right? Yes. Anyway, I just had my Friday happy hour, writes Roger, two shots and a bike ride. Two shots and a bike ride. A Two shots of, like, coffee or two shots uh, of, like, bourbon? I, I mean, but how how is this? This has the, been the double shot theme show. Totally, this was completely unplanned. COVID booster in my left arm, flu shot in my right, uh, and then eighteen fast miles on the bike to end the day. Those are the, his two shots. There we go. There you go, Roger, waving Colorado cyclist. Thank you, Roger. Ralph in Maryland writes: Hi, Steven. No doubt the couple with the three small daughters at the airport went home to upper echelon. Plot fodder for Steve. Upper Who were the th- oh the three daughters that greeted the father? There you go. Yeah, no well doubt done. returning to Upper Echelon. I think we decided that's in in Pennsylvania, right? No, Upper Echelon is wherever we want it to be. I know, but I think I think it would. I think uh, it should be in Pennsylvania. Uh, Doctor Gary Siegel, uh, I think this is this is his recap of the previous week's podcast. I hope this note finds you and your family well. I, I pose a question that must be on many viewers' minds. Is Holly Rowe a completionist? While she might need to prepare for assignments while flying all over the country, perhaps she's able to sneak in a podcast or two en route. We all want to know. I think I can answer that, Rebecca. There's no possible way she's even a partialist. I am certain that Holly Rowe has listened to every podcast of ours in which she's been a guest because she was in the room listening. There you have it. She's a Holly Rowe completionist. Yes. I've taken the liberty of enclosing a map that depicts the northern and eastern parts of Metro Atlanta. While I was born in the city proper near downtown and raised just south of the Tony Buckhead area mentioned last week, I now live in Roswell, a 36-mile drive away from John in Snellville. It's my hope that all of the viewers will be coming to Connecticut after the pandemic for the Ball and, Ch- the ball and Chain Festival and Barbecue, though the, the Dr. Siegel has typed the Ball and Chair, which, which I, I rather <laughs> Must like. Must be even better. I mean, by that time, I'll be so tired that it will... It will just be, uh, it will be a ball and chair. Held at a location of Denny's choosing and that the music will be supplied by Tom, Dick, and Hari. 
Rebecca, indeed you're correct that if a woman has her tubes tied, she can't get pregnant when a man simply looks at her. That is true. Only if she's had her tubes tied. Untied, however, who knows, writes Dr. Siegel. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Siegel, that for clarifying comment, that. Spoken to a new male friend on an airplane seems to be a conversation killer. It does remind me of a truly lovely couple who, many years ago, had three children quite close together. In each pregnancy, the woman had hypertension and prematurity issues and once said to me that she could get pregnant literally by doing laundry. Literally. Literally. I know how you like when people use literally that way. Perhaps that time I was younger and my comments spicier as I advised her to always stay dressed while doing the laundry and to never deviate from the upright position. <laughs> Delightful. Don't get prostrate, in other words, Rebecca. Right. It is Sunday night, and unfortunately I forget, forgot about the WNBA game today, but I did see a picture of the announcing crew in a tweet a few minutes ago. Rebecca? You look He's like forgiven. Okay. okay. Um, but I like that he was, he saw the tweet. Rebecca, of course I want to watch you perform your craft with dedication and skill. Similarly, along with dozens of other people, I've enjoyed Steve's articles and books for well over two decades. He's been writing them for nearly four decades. <laughs> That's like quality. When you see a restaurant, the kids always point that out, quality since 1973. Right. Of course, that restaurant opened in 1946. Right. Um, Steve kindly sent a handwritten thank you note for the Yogi Berra stamps on a very nice ball and chain card complete with a ball and chain sticker to close the envelope. It is proudly on my desk. He is a fine husband and father. And by the way, I finally changed our dirty air filters today for new ones. You know, it's funny. I don't know why, but this morning when I was doing exercise, I was thinking about our air filters and how I need to change them soon. It's just that time of year. Lastly, writes Dr. Siegel, for the first time that I can recall, I saw a woman wearing a T-shirt that had these four words oriented from top to bottom, just as typed, and I smiled and complimented her on a great shirt. The four words were, top to bottom, Rebecca, wife, mother, boss, tired. <laughs> With warmest regards, I I Gary. That. Thank you, Dr. Siegel. Uh, and we'll be hearing uh, from him again at the end of the um, at the end of the viewer mail, uh, Rachel in Idaho, the crazy road tripper, she signs herself. Rebecca. Oh, well, I, I'll talk about and, Rachel and after you read this letter. And here are photographs of Rachel, Rebecca. Okay, let's, well, let me read. Good evening, Rebecca and Steve. What a fun opportunity it was to meet you, Rebecca, at game one of the WNBA finals. My husband and I kept going back and forth on if we should make the drive and decided that we couldn't miss seeing Candace Parker in the sky versus Diana Taurasi in the Mercury. Meeting Rebecca, Holly, and Ryan was icing on the cake. We left Pocatello, Idaho at 10.45 p.m. on Saturday night and got to the arena at 10.45 a.m. on Sunday morning. Wow. Enjoyed every moment at the arena, the opportunity to be there as, the, as they awarded DT the WNBA GOAT Award and then have 13 of the 25 greatest players there was a treat. After the game, we had some lunch, and then we were back on the road my 3 p.m. by 3 p.m. to make it home at 5 a.m. Monday to be at work at 8 a.m. Rebecca, I mean, think of that. No, it was amazing. I, I'm getting ready to call the game. It's you know half hour before the game um, in Phoenix, and I think security or somebody tapped me on the shoulder and pointed me over. So I go over, and it's Rachel, and she tells me, and I meet her husband as well, and they told me how they had driven through the night to get there. They couldn't miss it. They wanted to see this game, and. Um, Anyway, to to meet in person, I love meeting in person people who I feel like I know a little bit because they've written into the podcast. And who have made this epic journey. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it made had, me feel like I had felt pretty proud of my four and a half hour road trip the day before from um, Vegas, but 
hers blew that out of the I water. Think, I think I said from Pocatello, Idaho. I assume it's Pocatello, Idaho, right? I don't know that I've I ever said know. it out loud, though I've read it in print countless times. Uh, anyway, Rachel has a few questions, and they are enumerated, or capital A, 2, Roman numeral 3, and lowercase d. Would you like to hear them? I would love to hear them. A, what are your go-to road trip snacks, Rebecca? I think I could answer that for you. Combos. Your gas station uh, well, I, I do snack like du jour. Cheese-filled, well, we know, cheese-filled crackers, not cheese-filled pretzels. The short but, stack of Pringles. But I you like know what that. we got? Because as Ryan and I were driving, I mentioned to him how your go-to snack on a road trip is... Twizzlers? Short no, stack of Pringles? Short stack of Pringles. That's in the cup holder. So when we stopped at the gas station that had all these stickers and magnets um, proclaiming, like with pictures of guns and stuff on this them. This home protected by Smith & Wesson, that sort of thing? Yeah, and, and a shovel. Yeah. The, oh, to bury the, the corpse yes, yes, yeah, in the desert. Yes, those were delightful. Um, I said to Ryan... No, we went... He, he was filling up the tank and I went in and got some snacks and I had told him how that was your go-to snack so of course I then had to get the short stack of Pringles and uh, put them in the cup holder for the rest of the trip. As an homage you know I, I think I mentioned this before the the inventor of Pringles was buried had his ashes uh, was interred in a Pringles can. You wrote that in your book yeah, didn't yeah. you? You know maybe that's how I go. I, I've said many ways I, I've described many ways that I want to be uh, disposed of on this podcast, but I think uh, I think maybe a short stack of Pringles. I need to keep sour cream and onion flavor. <laughs> I need to keep track of which podcast you you talk about this because eventually, when you go and there's going to be all those like things that we need to get miniature ready. golf course, right? Right, but I, I if I, I can't listen back to all the podcasts no. to remember exactly but, what you have said. But you remember so, the first line of the eulogy? Oh, I'll never forget that. Um, so yeah, so if, if anybody is going back, not only writing down the names of our residents, if they can keep track of which episodes you describe, how you would like your remains to be handled after you go, I'd appreciate that in list form. Uh, I just love the certainty that, uh, that that will be the first line of the eulogy. Oh, 100%. 100%. I promise you. And it won't be followed by, that's what he asked me to say. It will, it will be followed by uh, examples. It's just something factual yeah, exactly. about it. <laughs> uh, two, who drives the most? Well, you didn't drive at all. Did you, Rebecca, on that road trip? No, Ryan did all the driving, although I offered. Then you never drive when we make road trips. We never make road trips. No, but sometimes when we, when we drive places, like we take two cars because we're all giant and we have a hard time now fitting in one car. So I don't mind driving. I think you answered in the body of the podcast. What does a road trip with Ryan entail? Um, he, but he was a good. He was. A, it was like it was He's like a good driver. And how about this? I had said to our oldest daughter, she loves music, and I said, "Can you make me and Mr. Ruko a playlist about four and a half hours long for the ride?" And so she did. She made a playlist on Spotify. And as we're as we're like I don't know hour and a half um, into the road trip, Ryan said to me, he said. It's like if I, if Andrea, that's his wife's name, if Andrea and I were going to be making a playlist for a road trip, he said most of many of these songs, most of these songs would be on it. So he and Siobhan are at the same wavelength oh. when it comes to their musical tastes. Um, I'm going to add a question of my own, Rebecca. Okay. Rebecca Lobo and Ryan Rucco, which one of you is Thelma and which one's Louise? I've never seen Thelma and Louise. Isn't that awful? Oh, it's totally fine. So I don't know. I don't know which one of us is which. You, you did both drive into the Grand Canyon, though, correct? Yeah, yes. Neither we we didn't. Neither of us did that. D. What was your favorite arena to play in, and which is your favorite to announce in? Hmm. 
Hmm, that's an interesting one. Oh, favorite to play in, that's easy actually, um, was Madison Square Garden back in those days when I was playing. It was incredible, the fan support we got. My favorite arena to call games, there's a bunch of them, um, you know, based on how their fans are in particular in the playoffs. Minnesota Target Center is a great one. Phoenix, whatever they call it now, that, that the name of that arena has changed multiple times. I love Key Arena out in Seattle. This year they were in Everett. They weren't downtown, but Key Arena. But Key Arena is now the home of the Seattle Kraken, the yes, new NHL yes. team. And, and the, the Storm will be back there next year. The Connecticut Sun during the playoffs, they get a great crowd. And then when I was in Win- when we were doing games from Wintrust, it was it was pretty awesome. So um, there's a lot. There's a lot. Okay, our next uh, email comes from Corey. Uh, Corey with an I. Hi, Rebecca and Steve. This is Corey with an I from the Crow Indian Reservation in Montana. Hello. Uh, hello, Corey. I am sending this email late Monday, October 11th. So happy Indigenous Peoples Day, everyone. Belated happy Indigenous Peoples Day to you, Corey. Talk Although- about favorite arenas. Uh, before COVID, we did a game, a college basketball game, Arizona State and Baylor, at, on a native reservation in um, Arizona, and it was the crowd was spectacular. It was it was phenomenal. I would love to do that again. Well, Corey writes, I am thirty three. Uh, oh, wait a second. She says, although I am a ball and chain completionist, this is my first time sending in viewer mail. Well, welcome, so first time Corey caller, long time listener. Yes. I am 33, grew up playing basketball, and have been watching the W since the beginning. Rebecca said in a previous, so that would make her, what, eight when she started watching? Yeah. Uh, Rebecca said in a previous episode that she couldn't imagine the GOAT being anyone other than Diana, which she was selected. So I am curious to know why you think so. Personally, I don't think it's DT. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of Diana, and I do think she's one of the greatest players in the women's game. I just don't think she's the GOAT. I'm going to have to agree with Rebecca's colleague, LaChina, that it is Tamika Catchings. The tenacity she played with on both ends of the floor is unmatched, and she left the game still playing at that level. DT plays like she has a lot of gas left in the tank, and although she, remember this was written before the finals, and although she did get a big block in game five, she's not really known for her defense. Shouldn't that be considered when deciding the GOAT? I also noticed lately DT has been trying really hard to draw the foul on a lot of her shots, it's a bit excessive and doesn't seem like goat <laughs> behavior. I feel like it's taking away from her performance at times, but that's just my opinion. I'm not here to make any enemies. Just a curious fan. Uh, so, so uh, Rebecca, I'll let you. Uh, she also asked, who do you have winning the finals? I think you can safely. My money is on Chicago, Corey writes. She was correct. I think KFC, as Carolyn Peck calls uh, Cooper, will be the X Factor. Copper. Kalia Copper. As, as, uh, I'm, I'm reading a, a typo here. It is Copper, of course. Uh, will be the X Factor if she can continue to play the way she's been playing. She had a great series, right? Great series, yeah. She was the MVP of the finals. I also wouldn't be surprised the Phoenix wins. Playoffs have been fun to watch so far. So um, thanks for the many laughs, insightful conversations, and highly relatable content throughout the podcast, and especially during COVID-19, the pandemic. Looking forward to much more. Take care, Corey, with an eye. Corey, thank you so much for your uh, inaugural email, the first of of many, I'm sure. Hope, and yeah. Rebecca, uh, I'll give you the floor. Um, of course, Tamika Catchings is a, a, a great choice. The hard things when when you talk about like one player over the other is, I'm not going to say bad things about Tamika Catchings. She was an incredible player and was uh, and one of the best players on the defensive end that the league has ever seen. This incredible motor. The reason I chose Diana over Catch, um, Catch had one championship, Diana has multiple championships, but the biggest part is, yes, Diana defensively 
has never been an outstanding defender. And especially as she's gotten older, she's 39 now. Um, you know, she can have <laughs> less of an impact on that end of the floor, but she still offensively had the ability to um, will her team to win. And in the the game at game two, when they won in overtime, um, she starts overtime hitting a three and getting fouled. And uh, I think she had six or eight of her points in overtime. She was over from three in the first three quarters. She did that a couple times a series that happened um, in their game against their big game five against Vegas as well. She was over from three. And then in fourth quarter and overtime, she's spectacular. Um, catchings didn't quite have that offensive ability where she could just kind of put her team on her back at times well, and uh, help uh, them win in that way. Again, so, this is this is this is You're you're talking about two great Yeah, you're not great players. This is not dissing somebody. No, 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 no not at all. I'm if, just if saying you're, if you're forced in a contrived uh, argument yes. to say you know, choose one as the greatest of all time yes. and one is nearly the greatest of all time, then yes, you're forced to choose one. Of course. One. And and one of the th- one of the things too that I've always felt with Diana like, I don't think Brittany Griner reaches the level she reached this year in this postseason, which is the most dominant player in the world, if Diana Taurasi's not her teammate and kind of setting the example of every day of what it means to compete and what it means to be a teammate at that level. It's stupid little stuff, but like, if I'm watching a Phoenix Mercury practice, I see Diana give fives to her teammates more than any person I've ever seen in a practice. She infuses people with energy and the, and some more of the than, little more things she does. More than high school does. kids do it. More than grade school kids more do than it. And this anybody, is after... More than anybody does it. And um, and if you ever if like, if like you ever have the opportunity to watch a, uh, Diana Trazzi in a practice, it's, it's noticeable. It's just she brings life to the other players. She infuses energy in the other players. So it's not just about, you know, her ability, which is huge, but it's like kind of the other stuff and her ability to elevate people. And so, in, in, um, in Corey's argument that she's maybe losing a little gas in the tank, at that age, the very best uh, athletes can still contribute, can still gas up other people's tanks. It, it's and, true. It's true. And and yes, like as your legs go, do you seek contact more to get to the free throw line? Yes. Has she taken more threes later in her career than driving into the lane? Of course. She's also 39 and still playing at an incredibly high level. So, um, but 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 it would be silly to say to you know Corey or anyone. Well, but Catch was this and that. No, Catch was an incredible player who was one of the best of all time. Um, I'm just explaining why Diana got my vote. And you can only vote for one. That's well, and I the nature of the thing in the the league's thing. Well, you I could only for vote any. for zero. Yeah, right, <laughs> it was just right. an ESPN's where I was able to vote for one. Uh, so Gail with an A and an I, writes, one, my seven-year-old has entered into Star Wars, into the Star Wars phase. Our, oh, ours yay, is that's so exciting. I love the Star Wars phase. He's an avid reader, and he's reading all the Star Wars books our library, our library holds. The other day we were playing, and he told me that I was a rebel, R-E-B-E-L. <laughs> I thought it was a classic, pronounce it how you read it. Of course it is, R-E-B-E-L, of rebel. Of course, that's great. Two, I'm a mom and have to plan six months out. Is anyone thinking that the 2022 NCAA championship in Minnesota would be a great place for a ball and chain meetup? Could we get a double-decker bus tour through the old Russian stomping grounds? Ah, imagine that, Rebecca. A, a, a double-decker open-top bus with the PA system uh, making a stately procession through Southbrook. I did mention to you recently that the um, that yes. Minnesota is the host of the Final Four this year. Go. And would it make sense for our whole family to make a trip out a there? A concert by by Tom, Dick, and Hari. Basketball, X's and O's from Rebecca and her colleagues 
and special guests would Dr. and Mrs. DGS dare leave the warmth of the South for a frigid trip up north? Ooh. I hope so. Just an idea from a mom who has to plan if I want to be a fun person. <laughs> uh, you, you're telling us, Gail. I, I, it's a great idea. It's a great idea. And it's something actually you and I should talk about a little bit more because um, we'll have to figure out what's going on with our oldest daughter's schedule because it's her senior year and you don't want to miss anything. But I think it would be a pretty great excuse you, for all of us to head out to Minnesota and we could throw in a ball and chain uh, and, thing while we're there. And you always have lots of leisure time during the final four week. I don't have lots of leisure time. You you, you, and the kids would not only, well, I was going to say you'd stay in a separate hotel for me, but you'd probably stay like with family. And um, and I would have to stay at the hotel with my work family. <laughs> but uh, but we might be able to sneak away for a thing or two. And, and, and I, I would ask my family to put up various uh, completionists, the ball and chain, uh, cinematic universe. Right. <laughs> right. Denise and Chris, Denise spelled like Denise is spelled and Chris with a C-H, write, well, uh, I'm not sure who's writing, but they both write, hello, I was prompted to finally write after last week's episode on the wide range of ways people pronounce certain words. Chris and I started listening to your podcasts on our weekly day trips during COVID as our adult children moved in with us for a while and we thought it was best to leave for a day or two each week. This, by the way, is hello from a native Minnesotan. Mm -hmm. He now thoughtfully saves the episodes for when we are on our way to a new destination in the beautiful PNW. Thank you for the hours of entertainment. So much more to say about how we connect with your stories. But for now, we'll share that I grew up in St. Louis Park and at one point was known as 20 Point Johnson. <laughs> well, is there an elaboration or are we just going to leave it right I, there? I, I mean, 20 Point Johnson, that, I mean, that is a great name. That is a great name. So, regarding pronunciation of certain words, jello immediately came to mind. My uncle Bud and Aunt Helen, they always reminded us of the of the of the of the Gwyndon cartoon. Richard Gwyndon, cartoonist, I think did I mention him before? He was he was on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. I saw the uh, repeat yes. not not long ago. And he was always in the Minneapolis he I think he worked out of Detroit, but he was always published in the Minneapolis Star Tribune. They always brought the salad to family gatherings at Lake Harriet, and Aunt Helen's specialty was Jello. Emphasis on gel. J e double l hyphen capital O. Jello. Is that it? Jello. Jello. No, that would be the emphasis on the O. We right, say right. Jello. She said Jello. Aunt Helen specialty was Jello with an emphasis on the gel. Gel emphasis on the O would be the way you answer. Was is the so, way Sigmund Ooze used to answer the phone on Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Shello. But you and I say it with the emphasis yes. on the gel as well. Don't, Jello. Don't most Earthlings say yeah, that? But Other favorites were exotic foods like lasagna with emphasis on the la, and don't forget to pronounce the G. Pronounce sag. Lasagna. 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 And then. That's uh, weird either way. Basil with a short A, so basil. Basil, yeah. Basil? Yeah, it's weird. Nobody pronounces it that way, right? I mean, I know, like, like in England, you would pronounce the name basil. Like Basil Rathbone, Isn't who played Sherlock Holmes. Isn't that the name of somebody on the, um, what's the TV show? Uh, oh, that one? Charlie's Angels. Isn't it Basel? Bosley. Oh, Bosley. Yes, Basel. <laughs> Come Basel. on, Bosley. Basel is a town in Switzerland. Okay. Uh, but think about that, La Sagna. I'm that, still that, confused that, on that the jello. That puts me in mind of La Cienega. Yeah. La Cienega Boulevard in Los Angeles. All mm -hmm. the great Los Angeles street signs, La Cienega. Uh, La Brea, right? Yeah. Wilshire Boulevard. Yeah. I'm not thinking of any of the great ones right now, but those are, 
Yeah, I think she means the emphasis on the O. She has to be, right? Anyway, we enjoy your musings and look forward to many more opportunities to listen to this to listen this summer. BT Dubs. Not sure if you have a resident knitter, but I'd be happy to swap a hand knit item for some swag. Ah. Do we need a, a, a tea cozy, Rebecca, or a? Uh, I don't think we have a resident knitter. That'd be pretty sweet. Be very sweet. All the best from. Uh, I'm going to butcher this. Poolsbo, P-O-U-L-S-B-O, Washington. I don't know. Never been there, Rebecca? Not. Denise and Chris, thank you so much for that uh, viewer mail. We have a couple of uh, of inaugural emailers this week. I love it. Me too. Although I don't think she's an inaugural emailer. But uh, uh, Phil M. writes, uh, Greetings, Steve and Rebecca, for the podcast, if you like. I love the show. The combination of Rebecca's laugh and Steve's sardonic wit paved the way for your insights and marital banter. Please keep it going no matter what the kids say. What are the kids saying? Oh, he means our kids. Yeah, our kids can't stand the podcast. Uh, First, as a kitchen active... They can't stand the idea of the podcast. None of them have ever listened to a single episode of the actual podcast. First, as a kitchen active man... Kitchen active? Kitchen active. That's hyphenated. As a kitchen active man, I knew there were liquid and dry measurements, but have never endeavored to see if they were equal with each other. Now we know they are, Rebecca. Second, I am not a basketball fan, but hearing Rebecca talking about the WNBA has proven most interesting, and I have found myself watching for scores. Yay! Finally, as I just mentioned, I did not follow basketball, so when I always heard the movie clip of Rebecca Lobo's set shot, in full disclosure, I did not think that they were saying set. So other people have misunderstood that as well. That's unbelievable. Why would Denny insert a bat? <laughs> well, why would that even exist? I don't know. I suppose if it existed, we would, we would find a way to use it, but not, most likely not. Our next Gmail comes from, this is, by the way, goes to, what's our address, Rebecca? Ball and, Ball chain, and pod. chain pod at gmail.com. Ball and chain pod at gmail.com. Uh, Susie from Virginia writes, uh, love, love, love your podcast. We have been big Huskies slash Lobo fans for a long time and now a fan of Logophile, Steve Russian, saw this and it seems like the perfect gift for Rebecca. And, and while I should get this as a surprise for Christmas, Rebecca, mm-hmm. it's too good not to share now. It is a Pyrex measuring cup Christmas tree ornament. (laughs) (laughs) I will point out a wet measure. A wet measure. Christmas Christmas tree tree ornament. ornament. It's incredible. See, these are the things you do. That's a great idea. Why don't you just choose not to read that and actually get it, and then you'd get credit for getting me this great gift for Christmas. Because if you give somebody a Christmas ornament for Christmas, they can't use it for another 358 days. Well, still, I mean, hopefully there's a number of Christmases still left in my future. Finally, uh, well, I certainly hope there are many Christmases left. Finally. Finally. Dr. Gary Siegel with a two or three sentence sign off. Let's hear it. I think I, I should probably only read the first sentence. It says... I have enjoyed the week off while Rebecca is busy with the playoffs. That's all it says? Well, that's most of what it says, yes. Okay. And I think it's well-earned. And yet he still has to compose a, an email to tell us that he's enjoyed the week off. Yes. I think, uh, I think Dr. Siegel deserves a two-weeks paid vacation. At least, yeah. You know, and, and, and some, some uh, what do they call it, mental health days or something, personal uh, beeswax days. What are they called? I don't know. I don't, I don't think they're office. called beeswax days, but... 
The Braves just won a classic playoff game using ABC Baseball. No, no saber metrics. Bloop single. Steal second. Base hit breaks a 2-2 tie. Bottom nine. Steve, you'll enjoy the article referenced below from the Times. Dr. Siegel always sends me articles from the New York Times. This one, The Case for File Cabinets, which I will enjoy because I, you know I enjoy my file cabinets, Rebecca. And you enjoy making a case for them as well. Well, if, yeah, file cabinet. Is this like a, a leather case or file cabinet or the... is its own kind of case? You're right. That is true. But but if if there were a case that I could carry around my file cabinets in, I think I would do that. Mm, okay. But that's what accordion files are for, Rebecca. I think we've. Uh, what is it? What does our, our our daughter say? It's time to hit the horse. It's time to hit the horse. She said that this morning. It was time to go to school. She's like, it's time to hit the horse. And I said, you're getting this wrong. But now she she knows she's wrong, but she likes it. But it just makes me feel bad for the horse. Like, we're going to hit the road. We're going to get on the horse. But you don't hit the horse. Well, you certainly don't beat a dead horse. And I think we've done that today. That's true. So I think it is time to hit the horse. That could be our new sign-off rather okay. than Tom, Dick, and Harry play us out. But Thank you to Denny Gallagher. Denny Gallagher, who we, we spoke to via Zoom today. It was good we to did. see his his face. He's got like a nice flow going with the salad. He does. Right? It's flowing salad. It's flowing, salad is flowing. And uh, he may be in basement next week he to help be. us with some tech issues. Yes. Until then. Tom Dick Hari. Play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.